What is up, Noel Nation? It's the guys from Plant the Spear back with you for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We got a lot to talk about, Michael. It's been kind of a crazy portal season. I know it started slow. Some people were a little hesitant on how things were going in the portal, but over the last few weeks, it's just exploded. You know, the portal king is doing what the portal king does, <laughs> returns to his throne. Um, and, you know, it's funny. We've been trying to get this episode out for at least like a week and a half now. But every time we get it recorded, another commitment comes in. And so it has been quite a bit. They're up to 13 now. Yes. A lot of really name uh, good names to be excited yeah. about for Florida State. And I'll tell you, I was already excited about 2024. I'm doubly excited about 2024 because yes. michael i think we're gonna be good again buddy yes yes it, sir they're loading this roster up so we're gonna talk about that a few players that have been retained by the battles end and also some high school recruiting updates and we will get jump uh jump right into that because there's a lot to cover uh but first up michael how are you thank you for joining me for another episode my friend yeah thanks for having me back again uh doing all right you know just getting through the off season now as you know things start to well we we thought they were going to slow down, and then you know we had uh, we had a little scare there. But Mike Novell, you know Heisman, to, uh, Alabama, and and then literally right after that was at you know Jamie French's house, you know the high school recruit for twenty twenty five, and basically said, "Look, actions speak louder than words. Watch my actions, follow them." And uh, you know he proved that, that he was going to be back, and so now we're looking at the transfer portals. And you're right, I'm the same way. I've been thinking, you know, I was kind of like. Huh, this is probably a seven and four, eight or seven and five, eight and eight and four season, probably. But after what we've acquired in the transfer portal, man, I'm I'm thinking at least 10 wins. Uh, and if we can get a really decent linebacker or two, who knows? Yeah, I still think there's some pieces that you want to acquire out of the portal. And we're going to talk yeah. about that as well. But I do think it ups you've upped your win floor significantly next year. Yeah, I figured there's at least a few positions that you probably would have to go young at. But now yeah. you've done a really good job of acquiring not only experienced top end players, but you got guys who don't have a lot of experience, but they're still really, really talented guys right. that I think could step into that role. And you've also got some depth pieces here as well. Because one of the biggest things that going into 2024, and I think this was a lesson that Mike Norvell learned in, in 2023, was how crucial depth is. Yeah. One, how crucial it was to make it throughout the season with the yeah. depth, you know, the rotating they did in certain positions. And then also, you know, when you played the Orange Bowl, you saw a depth machine like Georgia go up against yeah. a lot of your depth right. guys that weren't experienced. Um, and so he knows how important it is. So you have to stack players at every roster or every position on the roster. Now, obviously, with all the pieces they're bringing in, there's only 85 scholarships to go around. So you will see a couple of guys 80. that made that that. Yeah, 80 uh, going on right now. So you may see some guys come in as PWOs. Yeah. Uh, but keep in mind, we talked about this on the last episode with NIL nowadays. You can pretty much pay somebody's way through Correct. college uh, right. with an NIL deal. So the scholarship count is not a huge deal if you, you can uh, convince some guys to be PWOs. And you also will see some guys transition out once the spring yep. comes in and guys figure out they're not part of the plan. Uh, they will be probably some more to hit the portal for Florida State. So the first thing that we will talk about is some of the bigger names that the battles in has secured to come back, because that kind of lets you know what your current roster was right. before we talk about the additions. And, and obviously there's some freshmen and stuff like that that have signed that we didn't expect to go anywhere. Uh, so we'll mostly touch on the starters that, are, that have been retained. So obviously on the defense, one of the couple of the big names here is Azaria Thomas. That's a yes. huge name you wanted to get back. This is, I mean, this kid is super high upside. Yes. Going to be playing on Sundays, you know, played a lot for you last year. Um, obviously going to be in a starting role. That's huge to get him back. Shaheen Brown at safety. Uh, Fentrell Cypress comes back for another season. Right. Didn't even know he had the availability <laughs> to come back for another season. I think so. 
but here we are. Um, but that's another big one there too. Started and, yeah. and played a lot of games for you. Uh, and then Pat Payton on the defensive line is another big name that yeah. you know you had a little scare. You thought you lost him. Then he comes back. Speaking of people coming back, DJ Lundy found <laughs> DJ his way Lundy. back. So you know, took took a little uh, a little trip up to Colorado. Maybe it was a little too cold up there. Maybe the the check wasn't. Uh, maybe it bounced or something. It and bounced. he's back. Yeah. So at the end of the day, though, man, that's that's really some of the main names on the defensive side of things. And I think, you know, whether whether your opinion is one way or the other on Lundy, it's huge because right now we got to get linebackers in, the, in this bodies. class. You yeah. need bodies. And he is a guy that has experience in your defense. So getting Lundy back was huge. Yeah. For this defense. So I'll let you share some thoughts on these defensive guys. But you've managed to bring back because, you know, you're we're losing a lot on the defense. We're yeah. losing a lot on the offense, too. But to get some of these core guys like a DJ Lundy, a Pat Payton and, and some of the guys in the secondary to add into the pieces that you're yes. bringing in, it's huge for that defense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge, not just for the production, Jesse, but but more so the production is important. Don't get me wrong, but more so it's the leadership. It's the the guys who've been through the rigors. They know what the what Mike and and uh, Adam Fuller expects out of the defensive players. They know the calls. They know all that. So these younger guys coming in, these freshmen, these transfers that are coming in, they're not coming in blind. You're not having to reteach so much on your own as coaching staff. You can also depend on your veterans who are returning to help you get these guys acclimated to the structure, the system, everything that's about Florida State and that defense. So that's what's huge about it. And yeah, listen, whatever your opinion is on Lundy, you know, we all every, you know, we've, we've, we've vacillated between he's great. He's not great. He's serviceable. He's not serviceable. The deal, the most important part is he came back. He went to Colorado, the check bounce, he's back now. And it's important because now you have at least somebody who's a veteran who knows that defense, who knows the calls. So let's say you don't get anybody else. And please, Lord, God forbid that. We need other <laughs> right, people. Right, right. Somebody so wake say, Randy up. Yeah, somebody wake Randy up. Tell him it's time to get out of his nap. Go get some linebackers. But let's say you don't get anybody else. At least you have somebody who's a veteran who's back. Uh, obviously, you hope we do. You know, we had, uh, I know we'll talk about this later, but the Alabama transfer on campus yep. uh, for a visit. Uh, this weekend. So hopefully that will uh, transpire in some good news. But uh, I think that's important as well. I also think uh, AZ, Azaria Thomas being back, this guy's a pro. He's a, at least a top three uh, round, third uh, third round and up draft pick. I mean, this kid can play. And yeah, so having nice. him back to 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 be on that backside there, getting, uh, you know, Shaheen Brown back, you know, Fenchel Cypress, you know, he was you know, I, I don't know about you, Jesse. I thought he was probably a B minus this year. He wasn't yeah. what I thought he was going to be. He wasn't as locked down. You know, Ricardo Green was was really the lockdown corner for us this year. But still having him back is going to be good. It's another year in that system. So you, you look at this defense and you think, okay, like I don't I don't foresee a massive drop off. Mm -hmm. Now, do I see a massive uptick? Are they going to be just as good as the past defense as they were last year? I hope so. I mean, you got right. I mean, that, that that backfield is in, insane. Uh, now run defense is where we actually struggled with last year. So hoping that the the stuff we required on the line, uh, as far as the D's, which we'll talk about a little bit in the transfer portal stuff, hopefully that'll help us in the run game. Right, and I think. When you look at the linebacker room, DJ Lundy is going to be a big part of that. And he was right. good against a run this year or past year. So that's going to be important. And of course, you like Blake Nicholson. I mean, the, right. the kid right. flashed when he got on. He's just young and inexperienced. 
And then once you get past that, I mean, you have the Crier kid who is was still young as well when you took him. He was mm-hmm. just a freshman transfer um, that, that came from a coaching change at Northwestern. So he he still has the potential. You right. just haven't really seen it from anybody yet. And right. you need depth. And you also saw this year with guys like Kalen Deloach and Tatum Bethune how good linebacker play really stepped up for this defense. Yes. So you would like to land a couple of extra bodies there for experience and depth. You know, and then, of course, again, when you talk about that secondary, getting Fentrell Cypress back, I know he had some moments. I agree, yeah. probably around a BB minus uh, this year, but he also had some times where they yes. went after him, you know, where quarterbacks went after him and, and he held his own. So, you know, hopefully another year in the system. It's just a, another veteran type right. of guy who has a lot of experience to come back in the same system. So that's important as well. Um, now, some of the offensive guys that you've managed to bring back, some of the names to know, uh, Kentron Portier, Darian Williamson, Destin Hill at receiver. Uh, you get Kazai Holmes and Lawrence Tofili back at running back. Yep. And then you sign really a core group of your offensive linemen. Yep. Jeremiah Byers, again, another kid I didn't even know he had a year available. <laughs> uh, Keandre Jones, who I think yep. was really one of the most underrated linemen yes. of this group. He's just, you know, you knew he was a multi-year transfer when you brought right. him in, so you right. knew you were going to work that in. I think that kid's going to be really, really good. Uh, for Florida State. Of course, you bring in two o- offensive line transfers that we'll talk about later. Uh, Darius Washington, kind of your your Swiss Army knife here. Yep. Literally played every position. Every he played position. it well. Uh, Maury Smith, your center, comes in, uh, yep. also comes back for another year. And then Robert Scott Jr., who just wasn't healthy this year. Yep. Uh, but you get a, a really a core of that offensive yep. line back, right. and then you get some of these other guys at receiver. So I think with the difference with some of these guys is like, of course, the offensive line, you needed those back. Some of the other ones, like, like the running backs, those were crucial too. Really, when you look at the receivers, you did bring in a lot of receivers. So yeah, you may you be questioning how, you know, how how good those are. But I think with Portier, he just he hasn't stayed healthy his whole career. With Darian Williamson, he has not stayed healthy his whole career. Now, yep. I like in both of these guys, they have size and they yep. have shown flashes. They just have to stay healthy. So you yep. have to bring in that depth. And then, of course, Destin Hill is obviously a, a talented player. Didn't really foresee him leaving, yep. uh, but it's nice to see him locked up. So yep. they've added some things on the offensive side. Of course, we're about to talk about those when we get into the portal. Uh, but it's also important to bring back that experience and depth on the offensive side of things as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Portier, let, think about this. In 2021 and 2022, he was... Uh, well, more so in 2022, it was him and Johnny. They were your they were your wide receivers catching balls, you know, making big plays. I, gosh, you can forget the flea flicker against LSU uh, in 2022. You know where he caught that ball, the the touchdown, the deep on the wide where where uh, where the LSU player like you know targeted uh, Jordan Travis, but Portier still catches that ball with the guy with the defender hung all over him. Like he him and Johnny were your thing. They were your most dependable receivers. He gets hurt to begin 2023. Obviously, Keon, Keon, right? And so he's right. now playing behind them, and he still was able you know, bits and pieces of the season to make some plays that you saw like, oh yeah, that's the, that's the key on we know. And so he comes back again for 2024 and, and and if he's fully healthy, I mean, there's no telling he can return to his, that status that he was in 2022. So that's great to have him back. Obviously Destiny Hill first year in the program. I mean, he was freshman really, you know, even though he's not a freshman by age, he's a freshman by experience he there were some flash moments and then he was injured most of the season so now you hope that this next season he's going to be even better obviously we haven't talked about him but akeem williams is going to be back this year i mean that dude you saw you when you saw flashes you were like oh my goodness and obviously he was injured this year so hopefully he has a full season of health man he's going to be really good as well you got jakai douglas back i mean you got ventarius jacob back who, who showed some flashes so you have a deep and man jesse when i say deep i mean 
deep wide receiver yeah. room. And it even and I know we're going to talk about the transfer, but it even sounds just from the stuff the tea leaves I've been reading across Twitter, it sounds like it sounds like they're in the hunt for one more. And I'm like, one more. That's crazy, man. I, that's a lot. And you may see a couple guys, a couple of the younger guys make their way right. out. Uh, Goldie Lawrence already hit the portal as well. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially with Destin Hill, like you look at yeah. this as a kid who came in, everybody's excited about him. He's, he's a, a freakish talent. Yeah. He hadn't played college football in like three right. years. So right. you could see him. It was a little bit of a slow process right. for him this year. But you bring up a good point. I mean, you named Dustin Hill was uh, injured. You you had Portier banged up. Williamson banged up. Hakeem banged up. You need this depth. Again, yeah, this is yeah. something that Mike learned a, a big lesson on yep. last year was just how much injuries can take a toll on this roster, and they were still yep. able to overcome them. But you, the more depth you have, the better yep. it is. And, and at the same time, this is really just – it's just roster attrition. I mean, yep. you are continuously churning the roster, elevating that talent floor. Yep. You know, you might bring in a four-star and a three-star drops out. And I mean, right. of course, you were excited for what the kid could have been before he transferred out. But right. obviously, the best players you can get on the field, it is what right. it is, man. You got to do right. what you got to do to put yourself in a position to win. So, you know, they have loaded up in the portal. And so yep. I'm super excited to talk about this portal class. The ones that they have so far, obviously, portal season is not over. Nope. Um, you have another spring session coming up, so they could certainly snag a few guys. But they have absolutely loaded <laughs> up. Now, man. Michael, speaking of loading up, you can load up with great FSU gear at today's Where? sponsor, Alumni Hall FSU. Oh, let's go. Uh, so thank you so much for those guys sponsoring this episode. Check them out, 1817 Thomasville Road in Tallahassee. They are making a move in February. We'll keep you updated with that. Or you can go over to their website, alumnihall.com. Navigate over to the FSU page and get yourself some great gear to start the year off. Um, and you can load up as well. Use code <clears throat> SPEAR to get 10% off. That's code SPEAR to get 10% off your entire order. Uh, so thank you for supporting those that support us. So let's get into this portal class, Michael. There's so many guys to talk about here. And I think the first thing that I want to mention is when you talk about the whole transfer situation, first off, I think where people... And this is mostly the mouth breathers from the other from the other fan bases. It's not so much us. We know what you know how we've seen the success that they've done in the right. portal. I mean, they right. they went they got to thirteen and zero. Yeah, with heavily weighted with a lot of the transfer guys. Yep. But you know, a lot of people will talk about, oh, you're taking scraps from here, there, and everywhere. The thing is, man, if you would have landed like a lot of these kids have only been in college a year or two. If you had landed these same kids in your high school class, everybody would be doing a backflip. You know, you. Or, or the other ones would be like, oh, that's a good get or whatever the case may yep. be. And let me say so, this real quick. You take enough straps, you'll get enough for dinner. I right. Mean, and, and so just because it comes from another program doesn't right. mean that it's not still winning a recruiting battle. Right. And, and at the same time, I mean, you're you're talking about a recruit in, in four cases so far, could be more where they're coming from one of the upper echelon programs in college football. And so not only do you have some guys who were a take for Alabama, yeah, you, you know, and LSUs and Georgias and all these other programs that we're going to talk about here, yeah. but they have also been developed at those programs for a year or two. So they're not coming in as a typical high school recruit. They're coming right. in as a, a college developed college ready type player physically um, as far as that aspect goes. And one of the other things too, is, you know, Florida state, they got from, the, the threes and the five win seasons up to the tens and the 13 win right. seasons with a lot of guys that came from G five schools. A lot of guys that came from middle tier, like South right. Carolina was a feeder school for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we actually just sent one back and Gilbert, Edman, like a return, a to, <laughs> put a return to sender and, and put him on back in, in the mail. But 
Uh, you know, man, now you're starting to see a lot of these guys come from Alabama's and LSU's right. and Georgia's. So you are now getting these upper echelon type team transfers. And so to yeah. me, I think that just tells you a little bit about what you're getting as well. Yeah. So um, before we jump into the portal class, I do want to mention something that Michael touched on earlier. Alabama linebacker Sean Murphy is currently uh he just wrapped up a visit to florida state 6'2, 225 linebacker four star coming out of high school top 200 recruit uh in the 2022 class he was recruited by florida state yep. and he now he only played 18 snaps at alabama but that's a really deep linebacker room uh so this is a guy again that that has that high upside he's just not really had a lot of game experience but when we talk about the linebacker position, you just got to get some guys. And at yep. this point, this is a, a very high upside player that it would be nice to land. Yep. Um, the the kid, the Hill Green kid from Charlotte, has I don't believe he has committed anywhere yet. So that one is still kind of uh, to be determined. That's another kid that I like at linebacker. So yep. really, I'm, I'm really happy with the portal class so far. Now, we're going to talk about some remaining needs here in just one second, but I think linebacker is the one that you have circled, obviously. So those are two names that I would really love to see them land that, that I do like. Uh, but we'll go ahead and just do a portal overview right now. Yep. Looking at this 24 class so far. So 13 total commits as it stands right now um, on January the 15th. 12 of these came from Power 5 schools. So that, to me, is also big right there. Per 247 Sports, you are currently ranked as the number three portal class, I think on three has you at four. So far, you have 18 outgoing transfers, and this is really the numbers that stand out here. When you look at the average player rating coming in, is at 89.7. And to be fair, when you talk about these, some of these guys have not been graded as transfers yet, so they're some of it's still using their high school numbers. Um, and then you also have your average out at 76.3. So that is, you know, right there, that is something that you're just, that speaks to the churn that we talk about. Right, that right. speaks to where um, everything is going with this roster and just bringing up, uh, bringing up the, the talent floor. Now, when you talk about your needs remaining, we just kind of touched on this linebacker defensive tackle is one for me. We've signed a lot of talented edge rushers. I would like to see some beef in the middle. Um, and then offensive tackle. I, you know, you got some talented offensive linemen. I have no complaints about what you got at your offensive line position. Uh, but I do think if you could find a pure offensive tackle, that that kind of tall, long arm tackle that can get his hands on people, I definitely think that will be something that you could take. But there's just a not not a whole lot of them in the portal. Right. Um now. Before we jump into this class, because this is how it goes every time we record an episode. So I'm sure the kid will commit probably by the time we're done uh, recording this. But <laughs> Michael actually just shared a tweet where it looks like they Earl Little Jr. said another one. So it sounds uh, like maybe they are going to land the Sean Murphy kid at linebacker. Maybe, yeah, maybe we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We don't really know what that that tweet means. But if that is any indication that they do get him, I just love it. Just it would, love it would it. be huge. It'd be right. huge. Right. And I mean, why go to Alabama when you can just bring Alabama's players to you? you <laughs> That's know? And, right. That's so, right. And, and they've had quite a bit hit the portal. So it's going to be interesting how they carry on over there. Uh, but let's get so just be on commit watch uh, for That's Sean right. Murphy, linebacker. That would be another big addition to this class. But let's talk about the guys that we do okay. have currently. So starting out, we're going to rewind all the way back. 
uh, because again, we've been trying to talk about a lot of these guys for weeks on end now, and we just haven't been able to get the episode out. So we're going to kind of go through everybody here real quick. So first up, the the OG commitment in the portal, Marvin yeah. Jones Jr. Obviously, the name stands out. Legacy right. from Marvin Jones Sr., one of the greatest linebackers to play a at Florida dream. State. Exactly. So four-star transfer, 6'5", 250. Got a lot of length. Um, that's that's what you want out of your edge player. Comes from Georgia, obviously one of those top-tier programs that we just talked about. Uh, in 2023, he had 12 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, and one sack. Only five pressures uh, as, a, as a sophomore there. But the thing to keep in mind with him, he's a former five-star, top 25 recruit out of the 2022 class, number two edge player. Uh, he recorded... 303 snaps in two seasons at Georgia. He did deal with some injury while he was there. Yeah. He was used a little bit out of position at uh, yep. outside linebacker. That has two of the two of the reasons why some of his stats look a little bit weird there. And out of those five pressures, this is per uh, pro football focus, he had only had recorded 68 pass rush snaps. So that's not a whole lot of opportunities right. to go in and create pressure. But I mean, again, this when you look at Marvin Jones Jr., this is a legacy commit that that's you right. wanted out of high school. I mean, he was really highly coveted out of high school. So you able you are able to get him the second go around. And this is to me, I know some guys are gonna talk about the production numbers and things like that, but this is a high upside. This is what you got. This is a potential play. You yeah. bring him in because of what you foresee him being. And again, right. you look at the last time you brought in a rotational piece at defensive end from Georgia. He ended up being a first-round NFL draft pick. So That's right. I'd, That's I would right. say that the path is there for Marvin Jones Jr. to be a really big impact player on this defense. Well, when you watch the film, you you see him flash for sure. When he is healthy, I mean, you see him flash. He can play that defensive end, that that kind of jack where he you know can can get in coverage with the tight end and stuff like that. Uh, you don't want him, like you said. They, the Georgia, kind of played him out of position a lot, where he's, you know, he's he's taking guys in the coverage 15, 20 yards down the field. Like that's not where you want him. You want him in that. You want him rushing the passer, but then you also want him in that five to ten yard covering range, which is usually typically around where the tight end or any crossing routes are happening. When he's when he's in that um, in that vein, when they've used him that way, man, he just comes across. I mean, just a beast. And he's been in the program for two years at Georgia. So he's got all of that um, Georgia-esque uh, development, weightlifting, uh, food prep. So this is not a, a baby, you know, coming in, a freshman, right. skinny. You saw the pictures during the Orange Bowl practice with uh, Croman Hawk and, and Lester. I mean, they, they're so small. Right, so, right. But, but MJJ is coming in and he's already been built, you know, body wise, yep. he's college ready. And so, yeah, man, I mean, if, 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 uh, JP and, and Odell and, and Randy can use him correctly, I mean, you're looking at another, you know, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah John, and you're looking at them breaking out, uh, becoming if good, uh, just as good, if not, maybe possibly better. Yeah, I mean Jermaine Johnson was a beast. Jermaine, and 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 he uh, really carried that defense that year. And the thing is, again, like when you talk about anybody in the trenches coming in, you're you're looking at probably a two uh, at some occasions at minimum three year development window, yeah. unless they're just that dude. You know what I mean? Right. Or you're desperate. Right. So I think this is a guy that is going to be good for your defense. And again, like you said, he's he's college ready. He comes right. in from that strength and conditioning program at a place like Georgia, and they trusted him to start an SEC That's championship. Right. Game. That's right. So I mean, that tells you right there. Uh, now, the next one to bring up, obviously, is the biggest name in the class, EJ Uyungale. 
uh, comes from Oregon State by way of Clemson. That's where most of us know him from. Four-star rated transfer, six foot four, two hundred fifty-two. You know, built like a tank. The the best of ability is availability. And knock on wood, Michael, because you know things are always. I don't want to jinx us at FSU, but <laughs> right, you know, he he's pretty much been available for every game. So if you can get that same kind of you know reliability out of him, then you feel great about that. So looking at 2023, he went 180 of 315, 57.1% completion ratio, uh, 2,638 yards, 8.4 uh, yards per completion, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 68 uh, attempts on the ground, 219 yards rushing, 3.2 yards per carry, 6 touchdowns. Now, some numbers I do want to touch on real quick. Here is the adjusted completion percentage for him is at 66.9%. That counts drops and throwaways, or it accounts for drops and throwaways. So when you see the 57.1, is it, that's a little scary. Uh, but you see there that he didn't take a lot of sacks, only 11 sacks on the year. So he, he threw the ball away 17 times. Uh, so again, and then they had 13 drops. So that his, his numbers aren't as, maybe as bad as they look. Uh, now, the other thing I will say, too, is sack-adjusted numbers. He put up 275, uh, six touchdowns on the ground, only two fumbles. So, again, I mean, this is the guy who is, to me, comes in with the experience to elevate your win floor. If you think back to 2022 at Clemson, he's going to be playing against the same ACC defenses right. that he played, you know, for Florida State that he did against Clemson. <laughs> um, there, that season, he had a little better completion percentage, 61.9%. Uh, 2,520 yards, 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions, adjusted completion ratio of 71.6, and then he ran the ball. This is this is where it's going to be key because we saw how much the run game did for Florida State's offense last year. He ran the ball 111 times at Clemson in 2022, yeah, 664 yards, seven touchdowns. So, again, you get a guy who can open up the run game. He's got one of the strongest arms in college football. He can throw the ball down the field yep. to some of these speedy receivers that you've got that we're going to talk about in a minute that can take the top off of defense. Uh, again, a guy who can run. He's reliable. Liable. And I just feel like in this one, and I did a whole video on DJU, so you can go check that out. So we won't go too in-depth on this. But really, when you look at the numbers of what Jordan Travis put up last year in 2023, and that got you to 13 and, and 0 at the time. Well, you know, 11 and 0, uh, you know, if, you, if you're being fair by the time he was out of the season. But if you could replicate that production over the next year, you would feel pretty good about your chances to win some Absolutely. games. And their numbers are almost identical from last year. So I think that gives you that kind of proven production, reliable guy who, you know, and, and we'll have this conversation in a second, but you had to take a quarterback first off when Tate transferred, you, you yep. didn't have a choice. You only had two scholarship quarterbacks. So you had on the roster. So you had to take one, right? He wants to be here. I think yep. that's important as well. Uh, and then he allows for that year of development for Brock and, and Luke. And yep. of course you feel Brock uh, better about Brock stepping in as QB two right. now. But again, this is a guy who, even in a down year at Clemson, they still went. I think it was eleven and two or eleven and three, and and won the ACC. Went undefeated in the ACC. They were nine and zero in the ACC. Uh, won the ACC title that his last year there. Right. And keep in mind, he criticized that offense on the way out the door. Dabo actually agreed Heard with him. It. Fired yep. their offensive coordinator, and their offense threw for less yards per game and less touchdowns this year. So DJ wasn't really the problem. He didn't really have a great receiving core there at Clemson as well. So you're hoping a few, a little bit of time with Tony Tokars and Mike Norvell to kind of polish some things up. And then if you can put some pieces around him, and we've already seen what they've done with the receivers and the offensive line, you can set him up for success. 
Right. So right. I I am very uh, excited about DJ coming in to lead this offense this year. I think this is a guy that the thing that I alluded to earlier that we're going to talk about is, you know, it came down to him and Cam Ward. That's yep. where you felt things were going to go. And, and the recent news is that Cam Ward committed to Miami. So I will say that I was on team DJ before either one of them committed either, either way, because I feel like with Cam Ward and, and I'm not going to come on here and just crap on him because he committed to Miami. Right. You know, he could have very well been in garnet gold too. So I don't want to be that type of person uh, like a lot of the, the other fan bases are at times, but, I feel like with Cam, you had that kind of wild card upside where he could be that guy that might come in and win a Heisman. Yep. You know, but he might also come in and lose you some games. I mean, he has 46 career fumbles, 30 career interceptions. You know, last year he had seven interceptions and 14 fumbles. He takes, he's had 40, uh, 43 sacks last year, 142 career sacks. Yep. I mean, those numbers are just ridiculous. So yeah. I think that the, the conversation with these two is first off, I'm excited about DJ. I mean, people forget. When you talk about DJ coming out of high school, this kid was a five-star out of high school. Yes, he He's was. rated as a four-star transfer. He was the number two player nationally, the number one pro-style quarterback. He was the number 206 all-time prospect ever since they started doing the rankings. He That's was right. rated higher than Jameis. In the same class, he was rated higher than C.J. Stroud, who just, by the way, just won a, a massive playoff game, Big and Carson Beck. And Will Howard from the same class, from the 2020 class. So you can see that the the upside with DJU is there. Right. Right. Now I'll let you share some thoughts on DJ. But when you when you had the conversation between him and Cam Ward, I just feel like Cam obviously he didn't he didn't want to be at Miami. It is what it is. He wanted to go to the NFL. He tested the NFL waters before while the offer was on the table at Miami. But then I think the draft the draft grade didn't come back maybe with what he wanted. So yeah. then in a head scratcher. <clears throat> which I say head-scratcher for two reasons. One, it's not a head-scratcher because I'm sure they backed up the Brinks truck to get him in there because, honestly, right now, Miami's a little bit desperate. You need to win, and people will say they're not desperate, but, I mean, it's it's year three for Mario. Yeah. You know, but I think the other thing, with the reason I say it's a head-scratcher is I can't for the life of me figure out why a quarterback would go play for Miami to try and up your draft stock. That just seems – I mean, they absolutely ruined TVD. And so I will say that when you have that conversation, I think – that Florida State was not as desperate to get that type of quarterback in. You know, they they feel good about who they got. Miami yeah. really, they need somebody right now. They need somebody who can win because in year three, if they come out and, and they have a relatively easy schedule, uh, if they come out and they don't win nine or ten games, like the 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 hype, the new car smell, all that excitement that, that was there when Mario showed up, it's going to start fading. And so, yeah, he may recruit well, but how long are you going to keep recruiting when the results on the field don't match? So they do right. get Cam Ward. I think it makes that game a l intimately more tougher uh, or more tough for Florida State. You have to go down there. But it's not a guy that scares me when you look at the receiving core is not really anything. You know, you got Restrepo and that's that's about it. Colby Young transferred out. Uh, it was a good get for them. I won't lie. But yeah. I, I like DJ. I was in favor of DJ. I think you have a higher upside guy. So. Um, I'll let you share some some thoughts on that whole situation. Yeah. So, I mean, I think to go back to that situation, you know, I think in Florida State's eyes, Cam Ward was 1A and DJ was 1B. So there were there were so much similarities to their production, to their explosiveness, all those things. But I think based on what we read, what we saw on Twitter, what we saw from the you know recruiting pundits out there, 
that if Florida State had their their pickings, which they and at the time they did, they would have preferred Cam Ward slightly over uh, DJU. And I was in the same camp too, to be honest. I thought, you know, I I love what uh, DJ brings to the table, and I'm absolutely thoroughly excited to have him as Florida State's quarterback going into 2024. But I thought that there was a slight difference between him and what Cam Ward did. I thought Cam Ward was more explosive in the running game, uh, a la Jordan Travis. Whereas DJ, yeah, he can run, and he's mobile, and he's going to bulldoze you, and he's going to get yards. He's going to do all those things. He's a he's a bigger version of Jordan Travis. Whereas I saw um, uh, Cam Ward as a more explosive version of Jordan Travis, who can – whose passing mechanics were just as good, if not better, than Jordan Travis, but whose running ability was on par with Jordan Travis. And so I slightly favored you know, Cam Ward over, over DJU. Well, Cam Ward decided that he wanted to go to the NFL. And if you believe all the pundits out there, it came down to Miami or the NFL, which means Florida State was third. That's fine. That's good. Fine. Whatever. We got DJU. We're thoroughly excited about him on our, on our team. DJU goes off to the NFL to get the draft gra- the draft grades. It comes back that he's probably a second to third day, probably more third day, which is like fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere around there. And so he doesn't like it. And he thinks that he can come back to college and and upgrade that draft round. For the life of me, when you've watched what Miami has done to Jacoby Williams, to uh the Garcia kid to the to TVD. You've seen these quarterbacks under Mario Cristobal and whoever is the offensive coordinator. You know, when and when, when Lachi was there, uh that's when TVD actually like thrived. But once he left to go to SMU, those quarterbacks have not thrived under there. So why in the world would you go to Miami? Now, don't get me wrong, I think Cam Ward is an electric quarterback. I think Miami got a steal. But man, I'm looking at the the proof is in the pudding. They have not handled quarterbacks well there. And so, you know, even with uh, Dawson, who's the uh, offensive coordinator there, uh, former Kentucky offensive coordinator, um, you know, you just you just wonder, it, it, did, did all he see was dollar signs? Like you said, did they back the, the Brink truck up? And, and that's all he could to think about because I'm just not sure why he'd go there. Now, if they play him right, if they use him right, if they develop him right, he is going to be a dynamic quarterback. He is going to be successful. They have talent. I know they lost some of their receiving talent in the portal, but they have talent. It's Miami. We can't knock, knock that. Right. They do have talent. And so I imagine that that game, whenever it's played, whether it's in October or, or early November, um, that it's going to be a it's going to be a decent game because you have Cam Ward in the backfield. But, man, I'm excited for DJU. Let me just tell you a little bit. DJU. His deep ball, this is what Mike Novell went to get. Florida State, Florida State's offense traditionally, well, let me just go back. Mike Novell's offense traditionally in Mike Novell is an offense built for playmakers, and it's all about the deep shot. It has always been that way. And you saw it this year, early on in the season, we were taking deep throw after deep throw after deep throw. As injuries started to pile up, we started to see less and less of that. But, man, that's what Mike Novell wants. And if there's a quarterback that was in the portal, that could hit deep shots after deep shots, you're looking better than Cam Ward was DJU. I mean, the boy has a beautiful deep ball. Right. Uh, connects very well with the deep passes. And so, um, and is 
you know, is not turnover prone. I think that's the difference with Cam yep. Ward is not only did he throw, uh, let's see, what did he have? He had 17 fumbles over the last two years, 17 fumbles. He had eight interceptions uh, this past season, and I can't remember the, the season before that at Washington State. He is turnover prone. He is He's risky with the ball. Now, yes, does that turn into some incredible plays? Yeah, for sure. But, man, if there's anything that Mike Norvell values more than anything is, is the mantra, own the ball. They want to make sure that we limit the turnovers because you lose games with turnovers. I mean, can't right. more. And that was something that Jordan Travis was very, very, good very good at. So I, I agree, man. I, I think Cam is – he's the best for them. Like, he, they needed him. He, yeah. They probably needed him more than he needed them. Yeah. But I do think that's the case. And then, you know, I, to me, the other thing, the, the want to be there is – I think there's something to that. And I'm not saying that Cam Ward doesn't want to be there. But when you chose the NFL first and you only came back when you didn't get the grades you wanted right. – and then maybe there's a lot of money on the line and it's, you know, more of an NIL play. And again, I mean, that's what college football is nowadays. So you can't right. knock them for that. But right. to me, it, it, when you have a, a want to, if it's fourth and one and they call a, a quarterback's, you know, run or something like that, you know, DJU is going to lower his shoulder and, and he's going to get that yard. Right. But is, is Cam Ward going to be willing to take that hit? So that's, right. that's just something that, that I question. Um, and, and again, still, I know that Miami is a, far more talented team than Washington State. Right. But at the same time, I mean, they were still five and seven with Cam Ward at Washington State in the Pac-12. Right. Miami was seven and five or seven and six with with a mixture of quarterbacks, TVD primarily and all that stuff. So there's no guarantee that this is going to be successful for them, a successful experiment. But I do think that it is going to be, it's going to make that game harder, no right. doubt. But, you know, I'm still happy with DJU because like you said, it's the turnovers, the sacks, <laughs> The the deep ball ability, I think that was really the big turn on for me. That was the big turn off for Cam Ward was just, man, right. there's so many turnovers and sacks. Um, it would just it kind of made you question some things. So I uh, just wanted to touch on that for a second. So we'll see how that plays out in, in game one against Florida. You know, I know the the NCAA, they said they weren't going to entertain the idea of the irrelevant <laughs> bowl. It's going to be played on August 31st. So you, can, you don't even have to worry about it next year. Uh, so we'll see how that one goes. You know, it's in the swamp. I don't know, man. I, I think Miami might get them there. Uh, it, it'll be hard to say, but we'll talk about that more going forward. Uh, so now you talk about the deep ball ability and stretching the field in Mike Norvell's offense. Now, sure. one of the guys that you brought in to be able to do that, now that you got a guy who, you know, I, I've heard in, in some of the high school scouting things that, I mean, DJ, you can chunk 80 yards. Whew. So, like, I mean, that's a cannon. Yeah. So that's exciting. So you need someone to connect to when you're doing that. And and the first name on the list here is going to be Malik Benson, a wide receiver transfer from Alabama. Four-star rated transfer, six foot one, 195 pounds. Uh, comes in, not a whole lot of production at Alabama last year. 12 receptions, 162 yards, 12.5 yards per catch, and only one touchdown. But do keep in mind, he was the former number one JUCO player in the nation in the 2022 class, caught 102 passes during his time at Hutchinson Community College, which, by the way, that is pretty much like one of the Alabamas of JUCO. So that is a JUCO powerhouse. Put up over 2,200 yards and 21 touchdowns in his two seasons at JUCO. And, you know, when you look at his freshman season, he averaged a hundred, almost if you round up, hundred and twelve yards per game receiving. Now I know that's JUCO, but I'll take hundred and twelve yards a game all day long. And so this is again, this is yep. you know, if you think about JUCO, even uh, Hutchinson Community College, 
not only have you had guys like Alvin Kamara go through there, That's uh, right. look at look at the last unranked prospect that went the JUCO route for for Florida State. That was right. Jermaine Johnson, again, a guy who came in and was dominant for you, ended up being an NFL draft pick. So this is a dude that uh, I'm super excited about, just a absolute burner. Uh, you know, there's some he didn't play a lot at Alabama, but right. getting making that jump from Juco to power five, especially at a place like Alabama, it's going to take a little bit of time. That's right. But he did start six games. He appeared in all 14. He only had 21 targets. So that's a big part of the reason why there's not a whole lot of production numbers there. Keep in mind, this is also Jalen Milrow throwing the ball to him. So and and Milrow, I believe I've seen conflicting reports that he did hit the portal. I think a lot that's of that's right. probably DeBoer's like not. Not for me. You're not going to do that. Um, we, we have running backs. We don't need a yeah. running back to play quarterback. So that could have a lot to do with it, too. So now sure. if you get more of a peer passer quarterback, and this was someone, too, that ESPN recruiting analysis, Tom Luganbill, he said this was – he watched their their prep for the playoffs, and he said this is a guy you need to watch. He was giving Alabama's defense fits in bowl prep. So this is a guy, again, Michael, that I am extremely excited to, yep. to come into Florida State. I think he's going to be a guy with the speed to take the top off of defense. And although the production has not been there a lot at Alabama, he does have outstanding production at, at the JUCO level. Uh, right. So we'll see how it translates. But you do have that year of development at Alabama. And this is a guy I think that can come in and start day one for you. Um, and, and now he is a one-year guy. So right. I think that's why you bring him in to pair him with DJU. Uh, but, man, this this kid could be special when you pair that with that deep ball that, that DJU has. That's right. I mean, he he can be electric. He can be a guy that can help you make sure you take the top off the defense. Um, you know, again, he has that SEC development in him. So he's already coming in body ready, uh, development ready. And now it's just plug and play. It's just getting him acclimated to the system getting him comfortable with DJ, all the timing. This whole spring is going to be about getting these wide receivers and DJ ready to go uh, for the fall. So I'm excited. You know, I wish there was more to say about him, but you, you don't know until you know. Right, right. There's And some of these, like the next one that we're going to talk about, there's not a whole lot to say. It doesn't mean you're not getting a talented player. You just right. kind of have to wait for things to play out on the field. And the one I'm talking about is Jalen Brown, coming in from LSU, wide receiver, four-star rated transfer, 6'1", 180 pounds, only played 12 snaps as a freshman, former top 100 recruit in the 2023 uh, class rated as a top 50 transfer and the number 10 wide receiver in the portal. So if you're a top 10 wide receiver in the portal and you've only played 12 snaps, right. that tells you about the upside potential that you have in a receiver like Jalen Brown. And again, this is a guy that one, you get for multiple years and two That's just right. has that speed, man. He can take the top off of defense, just like the guy we just talked about Malik That's Benson. Right. And I think it's it is important that you look at the mixture here. I mean, you get a guy who is a one year rental to go along with your one year rental type of quarterback, and and that's explosive. That's great for twenty twenty four, but you also bring in some guys that do have a little bit ex more extended period that they can spend with you, where you know that you have two really really talented right. quarterbacks on the roster. That is the future of the position. So now you have a guy who can get up the speed in your offense, and then next year just step into that starting role. That's so. Right. You know, not a lot of production to talk about here, but it's still a guy that I'm excited to get on the roster. And again, depth, talented depth at every position is crucial. Yeah. Yes. And the more you can get, the better it is. I mean, of course, again, like we talked about, you, you bump out someone like Goldie Lawrence, a kid who I thought could be good. You know, I was excited yeah. when we got him. But again, you you bring in a, a multi-year transfer four-star with a year of development. And you bump out a three-star. So, you know, it is what it is. That's roster churn. But this is a kid, I think, that that can contribute this year and can also be special for you in the future. 
Yeah, and this is the unfortunate side effect of of what college football is right now. You know, you bring in these kids who were three stars and you hope to develop them. You hope that by their, you know, late sophomore, early junior, senior year, you know, they're starting for you. They're they're making big time plays for you. But in this era of college football where, you know, patience has gone out the window, right? Everybody wants to get on the field and wants to get paid. Well, if you're gonna give again, and I, I and I've I've always been for the players and on this side of it. But if you're going to give players the the free ability to to transfer anywhere, well, then you have to understand that this is a business now. Right. This is really legit a business business. So this is not about loyalty as far as hey, I recruited you. I'm not going to recruit over you. No, no, no. Because those coaches understand that if they don't win, they ain't got a job. Right. And so if they're gonna if they can find a multi-year transfer that's a four-star recruit that was developed in the SEC type program that has better speed than you, has a better catch rate than you, has shown at least somewhat that they can that they're a plug and play and 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 maybe not starting but contributing significant minutes and you're not ready yet, absolutely. You know, wish you the best of luck if you don't want to compete against them. But man, they Mike Norvell and that crew, they have to go get these players. They right. have to win. So and this hey. is a guy that you wanted out of high school. That's so right. The, this is another recruit that you came in second, and then it paid off down the road. And, you know, like you mentioned, it's Mike Norvell's job. It's his duty to Florida State to put the best players on the field. Right. You don't always want to go to the portal over right. your high school kids because you do want right. to have that development there. But at the end of the day, like, is this that much different than a high school recruit when he's on? I mean, now he's had a year of college development, so that's a right. that's a bonus. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's not that much different. And so if you have an opportunity to swap one for the other and put the best player on your roster, you, I mean, you have right. to do that. It's He has to worry more about winning than he does the feelings of the players That's that right. may not get on That's the field right. because, you know, they can stay and compete. But like you said, yeah. sometimes it's they just they go look for opportunities elsewhere and we wish them the best of luck. But, you yeah. know, again, it, it's their job to put the best players on the roster. And if that means losing a couple, then it is what it is. And, and Jalen Brown gives you a really high upside. I mean, again, the number 10 wide receiver in the portal only playing right. 12 snaps. That That's tells right. you about his upside. That's right. And let me just say this real quick back to your point about, yeah, you, this is not about you know, recruiting high school kids and then recruiting over them in the portal. No, no. If you get those high school recruits who are like, they're on trajectory, you're seeing them develop. Absolutely. You don't want to recruit over them. I mean, it's like Azaria Thomas, right? We got him in there. We could have gone and got other D backs, uh, defensive backs. And we did bring in Ventral Cypress screen, but man, look at how he has developed. When you have those kids, yeah, you want to leverage them. You want to get them in the game. You want to see how they develop as well. But when you recruit these other kids who are who are three or four year pieces and they're not developing the way they should be, man, you cannot wait for them anymore. This is not that college football anymore. You've got to go get players to replace them. Right. This ain't your, this ain't your mama's college football. That's so. right. <laughs> so right. it's a different, it's just a different game, man. And, and again, it's all about doing the best you can in that one year window, because at, at this point, man, it's changed so much. You don't know who's going to be on your roster That's two right. years from now, and you don't know who's going to be available two years That's from now. Right. So, or a year from now. So you just have to do the best you can and with, what's available on the market. Now, the next player we're going to talk about, this is one of the ones that I might be the most excited about. Okay. In a different kind of way. So Jalen Lucas comes in, transfer Ooh. from Indiana, 5'9", 185. Not the biggest player on the roster. Uh, Three-star, number 65 athlete coming out of high school, Edna Carr High School in Louisiana. That's also where Destin Hill came from. You know, they, all they do is produce speed there um, out of the 2022 class. Now, the thing about Jalen Lucas is, yes, he's going to play on offense. You're going to see some gadget back, you know, uh, packages for him. He's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield and making people miss in space. 
When you look at the production numbers, not anything too crazy here. Uh, he's had around 270, 275 yards in both of his seasons there. Uh, two touchdowns on each season. Last year, he did step up his receptions, 34 receptions, 247 yards, and two touchdowns out of the backfield. That's kind of what I was talking about there. But it is the kick return ability that you're bringing this kid in for. Now, of course, he's going to be electric out of the backfield, so I'm excited to see how it gets used uh, in, in that phase as well because I'm telling you, when you see the speed and the change of directions, it is next level. So, oh, yeah. you know, overlook that size because, man, I'm telling you, he'll snap your ankles in <laughs> a heartbeat. Um, so, he, you know, he's he is very good at that. But the kick return ability is where it's at. I mean, yeah. in 2023, he, he brings in – 22 uh, returns, 572 yards, and one touchdown. In 2022, almost similar numbers, even better. 21 returns, 591 yards, and two touchdowns. So here's the thing. Those numbers led the Big Ten in kickoff return yards, yards per return, and touchdowns in both of his seasons at Indiana. Um, in 2022, the two kickoff return touchdowns actually led the country. And, you know, again, he was a – First team All American by multiple yep. outlets as a returner, yep. just an electric guy. I mean, it's no wonder when you see a speed that he is actually Jakai Douglas's brother. So, like, it, you know, this is he's another carbon copy of that little speedy guy who can get the ball in space and make you pay for it. Yeah. But, you know, you think back, man, of I know he's not really a punt returner by nature, but you think back of the days of having a Greg Reed or Oof. even a, a Peter Wark or, you know, the ultimate return guy or just that electric guy back at the return position where every time he touches the ball, you just don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. that's what you get with Jalen Lucas. So, you know, I, I've been waiting a long time. We, you know, we had some some flashes with Keon. We've had some flashes. You know, Trey Benson took a kickoff back. It was like yeah, the first yeah. one in 10 years uh, the, the, in the Boston College game in 22. But Man, just having that electric returner can give you some great field position and possibly take one to the house. That can be a game changer for this yeah. offense. I will also say that when I looked it up, Deuce Span actually averages more yards per return yeah. than he yeah. does. Yeah. And, you know, so that could be a, a deadly combo back oh, there. Man. I don't know how they're going to, it's going to be the craziest thing because you got one who's six, four and one who's five, nine. Like, I don't know, maybe like he just gets on deuces back and then jumps off and runs the other way. I don't know, man, it's, it's going to be crazy, but this is a kid that you'll see on offense. You'll see on special teams either way. He's got, I mean, he's just, he's going to be a playmaker. So I'm excited yeah. about getting Jalen Lucas in the fold, man. I'm just telling you, he's got Kermit Whitfield vibes all over him. Oh yep. my gosh. He's a, burner uh, i think uh last time we had talked about this he kind of reminded me a little of a d as i was watching film on him he, he, he kind of the way he runs when he's when he's leveraged as a running back he reminds me a lot of like a d'anthony thomas if you remember him from oregon i mean just electric can well is willing to run between the tackles but he's so small he gets he has a low center of gravity that he can get through those tackles and then if he's in open field you might as well just unless there's a hole in penalty you might as well just go ahead and yep. put the score on the table because he is he's gone. He's that quick. And I think you'll see Florida State leverage him not only in the kickoff game and the punt return game potentially, but also just gadget plays, things like that uh, uh, on the offense. But I'm just trying to imagine Deucepan on one side, Jalen Lucas on the other side, and they're returning kickoffs. Man, it's going to be electric. And again, not only do you want to see them break a couple, but just right. man, putting you in in positive field position, yes. is going to be huge. So that I mean, it's sometimes Listen, it comes down to get, the little things. 
Yeah, if we can get if we can get a kickoff, you know, because you know teams are starting to teams are actually starting to return towards kicking it shorter because just automatically getting it at the twenty five now they're trying to pin teams back. So if we can get it, if we can average at least a starting position, say uh, on a kickoff, which hopefully means very little because that means teams are scoring on us so hopefully not but when they kick off on us if we can average at least the ball around the 35 to the 40 man that changes the game for the offense where you're only having to go 50 60 yards to score instead of 80 yards so that's a big deal Right. And I think something, too, that's important to mention when you talk about field position and two of the names that I forgot to mention in the first part of the show with the battles in was one, you get Fitzgerald back. So you're right. closer to field goal range, but you also get Master Mono back. That's right. He was an absolute weapon for you last year. Should so have won the Ray guy. Right. So like you're saying, if you're starting the 30, 35 yard line and you, say you get one first down and then, and then you're out, I mean, he's going to pin it down inside right. the 20. So that could be huge as well. So this is going to be, man, that return game. It's just. Again, man, it's like Beamer ball at Vatek back in the day. That's like right. special teams doesn't have to win you the game. It just can't lose you the just game. And not lose you the game. Yes. But if it can help win you the game, <laughs> yeah. then that's that's an obvious advantage that you want in your corner. So right. Uh, the next guy we're going to talk about switching over to the defense. We're just kind of going in the order uh, here that they committed a little bit and and what I made the slides in. So Grady Kelly, defensive lineman, comes in from Colorado State, six foot two, two hundred and eighty five pounds. Uh, he had thirty five tackles. Uh, in 2023 at Colorado State, six and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, started 22 games at Colorado State. He was their third highest graded defender in 2023 per PFF. Uh, In 2022, he had 43 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and one sack. Now, again, this is a guy, when you look at Grady Kelly, I think, you know, you may be saying that, okay, where does he fit? Yeah. Is he going to be your top end starter? No, I don't believe so. I mean, all indications are right now that Daryl Jackson will be back and Josh Farmer. Those are going to be your two starters. But you you saw the way that Florida State rotated those defensive tackles last year, the defensive line as a whole. And you also lost Briggs to the portal recently. Now, I know he had been playing some in. He could play inside for you. But this is a guy to me that that replaces Malcolm Ray. They're almost the same size, same body type. Uh, almost like kind of uh, a similar production numbers. This is a guy I think that can come in and be a really solid depth piece for you. Now, at the same time, I think with Malcolm Ray, you've had him on campus for so long, you kind of right. knew his ceiling. You knew what he was going to be. And he just really kind of transferred out to try and find a team where he can be in a starting role. Now, I think that the, the wild card with Grady Kelly, the reason you bring him in is because he's only a redshirt sophomore. So you have That's multiple right. years left with him. That's you right. don't know what his upside can be. Can That's you right. turn him into the next Braden Fisk? Can right. that happen? It's possible. Now, Braden Fisk had a little bit better numbers at Western Michigan. He was a little more highly coveted, uh, but was not so much a giant name in the portal. Right. So I think you're, you're really going with a solid depth piece here that has experience and also possibly some upside once you work in with Odell and right. uh, Storms at the Power 5 level. But I still think it's a good take because, you, man, yeah. you – you're replacing a lot on that interior. And this That's is right. not the last guy that I, I expect him to land on the interior. No. I think you need a couple more, uh, but this is a, a good piece for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, when when they got when they got uh when they got Braden Fisk, everyone was kind of like, Wow, why? This doesn't make any sense. Um, it, you know, it was it was a non-flashy name and and then what he ended up doing is he ended up proving why you actually trust the development and the scouting 
and the evaluation of the staff. I mean, they've been able to find diamonds in the rough. I mean, let's be real. When Jared Verse name first popped in the portal, there weren't a lot of people on Jared Verse until Florida State got on him. Then he became the most coveted, you know, DN uh, in the portal. And and then everybody wanted him. And then look what he turned out to be two years at Florida State. Right. One of the most, you know, one of the best uh, de defensive ends in the country. How about this? Uh, Jermaine Johnson, when he came into the portal, not everybody was on him. They're like, ah, it's just a Georgia transfer. Couldn't even crack the start line up, whatever. Right? Florida State took him. And, I mean, yes, they went five and seven that season. But, man, he was a dominant force all that entire year. And so, again, if Florida State goes after somebody who is, you know, from a lower school or whatever it may be, he's from Colorado State. I, my inclination is to say, well, they see something in him that nobody else has seen, and we're going to be in a we're going to be in for a surprise this this season. So right. I trust that that what they see in him, they think he can develop into becoming not just serviceable but a good uh, interior lineman. Right, and I mean they got in first on verse, so you know That's maybe right. they saw something in this kid. He he played well against Colorado in that game. Right. I know it's That's right, still Colorado. Colorado. Um, you know, but again, I, and and the thing is, if you want to have the fair conversation, not everybody can be a five-star starter. Correct. You got to have guys to rotate in, and so I think this is a guy that's good clay to mold. And yep. and you know, you have to trust their evaluation on him. So, and let me say this real quick: it, like you said, to the point of not everybody can be a five-star starter. Not everybody develops on the same time frame. And exactly. so some of these kids who are five-star, five-star plus, four-star, three-stars, whatever they are, they they've developed early and some of these kids don't develop too late. So this, so Braden Fist is a perfect example. Guy who came out of high school, wasn't heavily recruited, went to, uh, to, to a lower level college. And then over those three years developed so well that now I bet if you were recruiting him now, he'd be a five-star talent, right? R right. So, yeah, I mean, this, that's the big thing is, is getting on him early. And you also bring in a guy that has college level production, right? and college-level experience who can be ready to go for you day one. You don't have to wait on that development period. Right. And you also, again, like I said, you just don't know the upside as well. So speaking of a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of production, but one that I feel might be the highest upside player that you took in the entire portal class, that is Earl Little Jr., Ooh. Earl Little II. So four-star coming from Alabama, six foot one, 186. I only played 21 snaps as a freshman for them last year, but there's a real consensus that people thought he should have been the starter for Alabama. Yep. Uh, former top 100 player per 247 in the 2022 class, spent two seasons at Alabama. So again, this is a guy that, you know, he has that two years of development already under his belt. So he can come in and play right away. Sertan was his coach in high school. So he already knows what he's working with. He knows the, the player as a whole. So again, he feels good about it. It was a natural fit to come to Florida state. I think it's kind of hilarious that he's a Miami legacy <laughs> um, and, he, and he's winding up over here. Now, if you want to be excited, I think you look at his high school comparison, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. Like if, mm -hmm. if you aren't excited to get that type of player on your roster, I don't know. Uh, what gets you excited? But I think this guy, and, and this is something I've actually seen Patrick Sertan, uh, uh, excuse me, Earl Little Senior talk about on <clears throat> social media is he is he is a guy that should step in for Jerry on Jones in that yeah. nickel position that yeah. that has been vacated by him moving on to the NFL. And you know this is a a guy that when you watch the practice film against oh it, from goodness. Alabama, I mean he is first off he's built for press man coverage. That is yes. what he does. That's what he specializes in, and we know. That's what Florida State does 90% of the time in Fuller's yep. defense. So he is built for this defense. 
And I mean, man, he he is a sticky type of player. He's he's all over the receiver. He can make some some really athletic interceptions. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of just kind of like make you double take PBUs from the practice film. Now, again, he hasn't played in a lot of game roles. But when you're talking about two years of development at Alabama, speaking of guys like Malik Benson that we're excited about and all these guys that are coming over, chances are who he's seen in practice is probably better than about 70 <laughs> to 80% of the teams on your schedule next year. Right, right. So, I mean, this is a kid, I feel like, again, that comes in without a lot. It's just a high-ceiling upside take. But, man, this is this is one of the yeah. higher high upside guys that you took in the portal class, and I am super excited. I think he's going to be a day one starter for you in that nickel position. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I know you you used the 247 uh, ranking, uh, the on three composite ranking that takes in on three ESPN rivals and 247. He's the 12th. Uh, best player in the state of Florida, the 12th best cornerback, uh, and as you said, top 100 in the nation. I mean, this kid was coached in high school by your current DB coach. Right. And so as soon as he went into the portal, Patrick Sertan beelined it <laughs> yeah. straight to this dude and said, you got to come play for us. You got to come play for us because he knows. I mean, Listen, anybody that Patrick Sertan uh, goes after, I don't care if they're a negative four-star. I'm trusting right. that dude, right? Because right. he knows. I mean, he's one of the best to ever do it, and now he's one of the he's becoming one of the best to coach that position. And, I mean, you're right. I mean, watching the film of this guy, I mean, he is so sticky. And he's got that dog in him, you know, that he'll yeah. fight for fight fight for PBUs. He'll fight you. He'll 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 press man you. He'll be up in you. He's not going to give up. He's not going to make it easy on you. And yeah, of course, there was all the chatter about how he should have started over uh, the 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 previous corner there at Alabama. Probably, you know, that whole situation that happens there with them, um, you know. And so we benefit from that, man. I am excited to see him taking that, yeah, that star position that what, that Jerry and Jones took over that nickel, yep. that corner nickel there. So you know, you're gonna see him come off the edge a lot. That's what they yep. like to use that star position for. He's going to rush the passer. He's also probably going to be what you use in the run game as well. Cause this kid is not afraid to stick his nose up in, in right. that business. Um, man, this is, I mean, DJU was super important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. MJJ was super important. This one probably has me the most excited yeah. to see this, this guy on the back end. This might be the best player, one of the yeah. best players you got in in the portal. And, you know, it's funny because Miami fans thought he wasn't a take, but it's like, man, I mean, this kid's a, a really high-ranked top 100 recruit. Yeah. Who is a legacy. You know, there's no way that you that you would think that he's not a take. But yeah. at the same time, and like, again, I think you get a rotation between him and Greedy Vance yeah. at that position. But, you know, I, I like Greedy. I just That's think nice. this is, man, this guy's so high upside. So I'm excited to see uh, Earl Little this season. Now, the next guy we're going to talk about, you know, a little interesting. This one came with a, a little bit of back and forth, um, and that's Devontae Brown, who comes mm -hmm. in from originally at UCF. Then he transferred to Miami. Most of you guys remember Florida State actually did pursue him in the portal when it was a package deal with his brother. I think it's Damari Brown. Right. Uh, he did cho choose Miami, so you know Devontae just kind of followed him down there to be with his brother. Now he comes available, and you get him this time around. Three-star prospect uh, transfer so in 2023, the stats aren't going to blow you away. What he did at Miami, nine tackles, one PBU only played in 10 games at Miami. But when you look back at his time at UCF, started 31 games in three seasons. He accounted for 30 plus tackles in 2021 and 2022, yeah. had a career high 13 PBUs in 2021 and played in 10 games. Uh, like I mentioned, while at Miami, here's the thing, man. First off, I, 
I'm going to speculate a little bit. I cannot confirm this, but from what I've heard, he's coming in as a PWO. So if you take him as a PWO, I have no issue with that. Now, from what Norvell said, he's more than likely going to transition to safety and you need some help at safety. It is what it is. Like you need depth. Should I yep. say yep. you have some talent there? You yeah. just don't have a lot of experience. I mean, right. Shaheen Brown should be good. I think Conrad Hussey's a guy that you love yep. at safety, a young Ashton guy. Yeah. You know, Kevin Knowles, that's, you know, maybe it's just the first year of, of changing positions. Hopefully he'll get better, you know, but like you mentioned, you got Ashlyn Barker who comes in yeah, from the Barker. Juco yep. level. Yep. But, Again, man, this is a kid who played really well at UCF. He played right. really good against Florida and, and the, when they matched up there. And so you get a guy that has a lot of experience. I just wouldn't, man, I, like we just spent some time talking about how Miami doesn't always. I mean, look at Cameron uh, Kinchins. Like that kid was a all ACC performer, really kind of regressed last season and yes, then off to the NFL because he knew that was kind of a, a waste of time to yeah. come back. So. I think you get him some coaching with Sertan. I think you get him in, in the right system. Right. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter for you, but I'm saying it, you shouldn't turn your nose up at this one because Correct. the staff likes him and he's got a ton of experience. And he, Correct. again, he played really well for UCF. Correct. Yeah, he has a ton of upside still. And the reason why I say that is because you look at what he did for UCF. You look at the stats that he had. I mean, he was key for them. He goes to Miami and, you know, I, I don't want to bash that coaching staff. I don't know them very well, so I don't know how well. But obviously, you could clearly see that he regressed. Cam Kitchens, as you mentioned, regressed under their coaching. And so, yeah, him coming over, you're questioning, why and what will we get this guy? He did nothing for absolutely nothing for them. But who's to know what happens when he gets under uh, Patrick Sertan's uh, development? Like, does he not change? And here's the other thing of this. Patrick Sertan wanted him. Again. Right. Just right. as we just said with the last kid, if Patrick Sertan wants him, I'm going to trust that there's a reason, there's a development there that he sees that he thinks he can pull out of this kid and get him to play. Again, he's not a, he's probably not your starter at the other safety position, but he's definitely going to be a serviceable backup. He's definitely going to come in and 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 help uh, when they're when they're doing the rotation. You're probably going to see him a lot on special teams as well too. So he gives you another body and another opportunity to develop to see what he can become. If right. you can get back to that UCF level. Right. And think about how much that position struggled whenever Keem Dent was out this year That's with right. injuries. So That's again, right. experience depth is, is never a bad thing. Right. All right, Michael, these next two are going to be tough. Starting with this first one, I'm going to do my absolute best. I apologize. Uh, the next one I'll do way better on this one. I haven't quite practiced enough yet, uh, but West Virginia transfer, Oh man, I, I don't know if you have it down. We'll call him TD, but okay. uh, going forward, but Tomawa, Tom, I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't. I don't even want to butcher yeah. this so bad. Uh, but Tomawa Duro J, I don't know. We're just going to go with that. You guys probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, we'll call him TD by his initials. You know, I, I missed a few years back when everyone did like the the initials and the number, like JW five for James Winston. <laughs> so once we figure out his number, we'll go like TD two because that's what's on the graphic right now. But D Lyman comes in from West Virginia. This is an edge player. Someone who said that he plans to come in. Uh, he, you know, he actually heard some of the rumblings that he was going to come in as a depth piece, and he said, "No, that is not yeah, why I'm coming to said. Florida State. I come here to to wreak havoc as an edge player, and I want them to develop me the way that they have seen the recent developed uh, players." But he does come in as a four star transfer, six foot four, two hundred and eighty pounds. Like we mentioned, comes in from West Virginia, redshirt sophomore. Originally, he was at Kentucky. Uh, last year for the Mountaineers, he had 23 tackles, six tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, 
14 pressures per PFF. So, I mean, he played 31% of defensive snaps as a redshirt freshman. So, again, this kid has enough talent that you can't really keep him off the field. Now, there's not a ton of production there, but I still feel like when you look at this kid, this is another upside play with multi multiple years left. Now, he's got good length at six foot four. He's got good burst. He just really needs some good coaching, man. He like yeah. you can tell when you watch his tape. I mean, there's there's some times where he just bull rushes over people and, and just kind of pushes in his way into the backfield. Once you refine his game and you know that Florida State has been really talented at doing that, once you're able to do that. Man, I, I think this is a kid that's going to be special for you going forward. I like the take. Um, again, at defensive end, you you got some guys. I mean, again, you look at the top end guys that you have here, and you're kind of searching for that that two and that three. And I think that this is going to be one of the guys that can be that going forward for you. And and I like it. I think he's going to yeah. be a good player with some with some little bit of coaching and development. I think you got a real hoss here. It's just as far as his, his raw ability. I think he yep. he's off the charts there. Okay, so I went to his because he's a, you know originally committed to Kentucky and played there for a year, I believe. So I went there, and this is the pronunciation: it's Tomiwa, 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 Duro Jaye, Duro Jaye, Duro Jaye. We're all learning yeah. together. We're so. all learning together. So <laughs> Tomiwa, Duro Jaye, and they called him Big Tommy. Okay. I like Big Tommy because I tell you Let's what, man. Go with Big me, Tommy. me, you, <laughs> Jeff Colhane, we're all going to be in a spin cycle trying to say these names this year. But you know, it's funny, but, man. Like I, I always keep saying, every time I scout Clemson, I'm like, "This is how you know we're about to be good yeah. because the harder, that's right. The, the more players you have with a hard name, you know, because they're they're like Ruka Roaro and DJ Uyunglele <laughs> yeah. and all these guys. I'm like, the more people we get with a hard name to say, the better we're going to be. So. Yeah. So Tommy Watt, yeah, man, he is, he's not coming to be a debt piece. This dude is coming in to wreak havoc. I think with some development that he unfortunately didn't get at Kentucky and at West Virginia, like you said, he's like a, he's like a bull in a China shop basically. And he needed to learn how to refine that, that power that he has. I think he'll get that under, under, uh, under Odell Hagens and, and, and John Papuchas. I think they'll, they'll refine that. And you're looking at another powerful D lineman to stop the run, to clog up the middle, to allow the linebackers to do what they need to do. And so, uh, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to be a, a good piece. Uh, now he's going to be a rotational piece. He's not just right. a depth piece. He's a rotational piece. We've got to get away from that moniker. Depth pieces are the kids that are not playing as much. Right. Rotational pieces, it doesn't matter if you start or, or, or you come in on the rotation. As you saw this year, they are willing to rotate eight, nine bodies at that on that line. And so you're going to get significant snaps. You're going to play significant game moments. And so I imagine that. Uh, Tomiwa is going to play uh, uh, some significant uh, pieces and be a rotational piece for, for Florida State this year. Exactly. That's a great point to make is you can still be a really big part of this defense and not be the starter. Right. You know, in a, in a lot of indications, when I look at a lot of players, I mean, you look at Georgia Tech, the, the kid, the, the Kennard kid that transferred. Right. He was their leader in sacks, and he was not the starter. He was not the so, starter. Like, you can be a very important depth piece. And the thing I like about this kid, too, uh, before we move on to the next one, is, you know, that 6'4", 280, he, when you look at him, and, and I see why they call him Big Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see, like, you see the, the Pat Payton. You see yeah. the Marvin Jones Jr., that really, like, long kind of slim build defensive end. And right. you saw a verse where once he got to Florida State, he bulked up, and he had that just that bigger body type defensive end where he could still do all the things. Right. 
And I think that's what you get here is a guy that has that that bigger frame, that bigger kind of more of a, a body with more mass on it. Um, and so you give him a little bit of time with Storms and a little bit of development with JP and Odell, like you mentioned. And he's a guy that I, I think has a really high upside going forward. He's going to play a lot this year. Now, the next guy that I think might be one of the most underrated transfers that we that we've got this year that I'm super excited about this one, you know, maybe not as tough on this one. Uh, I, I got a pronunciation guide ready for this guy, uh, but that is Oregon State defensive transfer, defensive end transfer, Sione Lololeja. Um, and six foot. Yeah, three, you did good. Good I, job. I went on Oregon State's website and I got the pronunciation guy. <laughs> these names got me in a spin cycle right now, so <laughs> I'm doing my best. But six three two seventy, and let me tell you, man, this is why I think this is he. he first off, he was only three star coming out of high school. Does not have a transfer ranking yet. That's why I have not currently rated on on the slide that you may see if you're watching on YouTube. Man, I, I think this is a vastly underrated transfer here. So in 2023, 47 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, 32 pressures. And I'm going to explain why these numbers are significant in, a, in just a second. So he started 21 games at Oregon State. You got all the experience there. He has played over a thousand snaps at the Power Five level. He was a second team All Pac 12 selection in 2023 and an honorable mention in 2022. So you have a two time All Conference player. Yeah. Now, the reason that I say the 32 pressures, because a lot of people, first thing they go is, well, he only had one and a half sacks. Here's the thing 32 pressures, it, it didn't always translate into a sack, but you can have quarterback hurries and, and things like that. 32 pressures would have been third at Florida State last year. The only yep. two players on Florida State's team that had more pressures was Jared Verse and Braden Fisk. So sign me up. I will take that all day long. I think this kid is just, well, I, I can't even say kid. This is a grown man. Um, I think this is a guy that can come in and be a, a very effective player for you. He's a redshirt senior. Yep. I think he's probably going to be your day one starter or at least a, a very heavy, heavily used rotational piece. Um, again, two-time All-Pac-12 performer. I'm excited about Sione, and I cannot wait to see him in Garnet and Gold. You know, man, this is this is a guy who I think can be very effective in his, in his lone year at Florida State. Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to be really good. I think you'll see them. They'll move him all around the field. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the same type of body uh, uh, mass as Jared Verse did, but I think you'll see a, a quicker twitch. Um, you know, maybe maybe not as much power, but definitely a lot more speed, a lot more um, more of a I'm trying to think of uh, the Michael Parsons from from uh, the Dallas Cowboys there. I think that's kind of where, I mean, I'm not saying he is him. I'm just saying right, you right. see some of that um, in him. And so I, I'm excited to see how they use him. Of course, again, whether he starts or he doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's going to be a significant rotation, rota rotation, uh, a, ro a rotative piece for that defensive line on edge. You'll probably see them, you know, they'll do a lot. They'll, with him, I imagine they'll do just as much as they were doing this year, a lot more stunting where they probably start him on the edge, bring him inside, you know, do a lot of those different things or from the inside to the outside. Uh, I think it gives it gives uh, Adam Fuller a lot more imagination to what he could do with the defense this coming year. Right, and I'm excited about him. I mean, he's got power, too. Like, I saw a couple of highlights where he just bull rushed right over somebody. Yeah. So yeah. It, it will be fun, man. He's going to be fun to watch. And they got some real good pieces at the defensive end position. Now, obviously, like we mentioned – Still, I think I would like to see some some more beef inside. I would like to see them, you know, maybe land another defensive tackle. Uh, but man, at the edge, it was a little sketchy at first. You know, when right. you were like, okay, now we got to replace verse. We know <laughs> that. And then Peyton was was you know flirting with the portal. To now, you've just landed edge player after edge player after edge player. And so it, it's exciting, man. But speaking of beef, 
let's get to some of these offensive linemen here. So let's first go. up is Terrence Ferguson, interior offensive lineman from Bama, four-star transfer, 6'4", 320. That's a big Oof, boy. That's a big hoss. And, you know, man, I, at the end of the day, like when you talk about some of these guys, especially from Alabama, when you see teams take the field, the first thing when you see a team like an Alabama or a Georgia or, you know, any of these guys at Clemson even, when you see the size, just the mass of their offensive line, you know that's why they have so much success in the in the trenches. Right. I want to say even a few years back, I, I think it was something like Georgia might have even had a bigger offensive line than than I think 90% of NFL teams. Uh, so, you know, again, you get this guy comes in. He only played 175 snaps at Alabama, did start one game. That was the South Florida game this year. Probably a forgettable uh, game for Alabama fans. But, you know, we talked about earlier, sometimes it takes multiple years to to develop these kids into where they're going to start, especially at a place like Alabama where you have so many talented offensive linemen. But he is a top 100 recruit coming out of high school, number three interior offensive lineman out of the portal per 247. And again, like I mentioned, three years of development at Alabama. Uh, you know, this is a guy that I just, you look at that massive body. You look at the development that he has at Alabama. Probably projects more to the interior, like we like we mentioned, at, a, at the guard position. But again, you're getting a road grader of an offensive lineman here that yeah. I, anytime you can stack depth on the offensive line. Because again, you know, this was the narrative that we talked about with that offensive line last year. They... It's not that they weren't good, but we we noticed we've talked about this before. This it's you know no sh no like we're not pulling anything out of a bag here, but yeah, the offensive line didn't play quite as well this year as they did in, in 2022. They had a right. really exceptional year in 2022. However, they were so banged up up front that they kept having to rotate guys in and out. So now if you can if you can get the six seventh and eighth guy to be more talented when you plug those in that's going to be better for when you have to rest a guy but i think ferguson is the guy that can come in and start for you and yeah. I, i'm definitely excited about this take yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to look at the offensive line this year bringing in him and i know the next person we'll get to talk about uh, i'm curious to see if if they come in and and they just prove to be so much more better than who we have currently have or is coming back um, and, and Terrence Ferguson, I mean, like you said, I mean, he plays significant minutes at Alabama. He, I mean, the guy has developed. He's huge. And so you just – I'm really curious to see how well he steps in and takes one of those jobs. That's right. what I really want. I really want these transfers to come in and say, I'm so much better than you. I'm taking your job. That'll tell me that, um, that man, uh, Alice Atkins and them really hit the – hit it hard this year because they looked at last year and, and while yes, they were dealing with injuries, there were so many inconsistencies with the offensive line, a team that the, in 2022 could run the ball at will this year was struggling to run the ball because the offensive right. line couldn't block. Now, yes, they were better at pass blocking than they were the previous year. So, what you want this year is to find an offensive line that can both run and pass block. And I'm and, and, them going after these, this guy, Terrence Ferguson, and the other guy we'll talk about makes me wonder that they're saying, okay, we've, we've, yes, you're serviceable, but man, maybe we could find somebody a little bit better. Curious. Right. And, and I think he's, he's a guy that can start. I mean, you got, you lose Casey Roddick at the mm -hmm. guard position who, you know, held that down for you for most of the season. I think this is a guy that can step into that position. Um, obviously, that's why I still say that I would like if you could find a, an offensive tackle type body. I think that yeah. would be good for you. 
you know, Robert Scott is your, your main option there, but he just has not been healthy throughout nah. most of his career. Last right. year, he was really banged up. Now, of course, you have Armella on the roster right. still, and you have uh, the Lucas kid that came in a few years ago, but, you know, you just don't know if they're physically ready yet. Right. And and so I think this is a kid who is – this is a man. Let me not say that. This is a man. He He's going to be he's ready to contribute, and I could see him being a starter and just yeah. at least giving you the option to move other guys around to maybe right. the positions where they fit best. Now, the next offensive line guy we'll talk about here is Richie Leonard. Yes. Uh, you know, unfortunately, comes in from Florida, but it is what it is. We'll take it. Uh, six foot two, 320, again, a guard type body. Not the, not the tallest, not the longest guy, but he does have that size um, at 320 pounds. Started all 12 games for Florida last year. Again, going against SEC defensive lines. Two sacks allowed, 16 pressures, uh, 1,250 snaps of experience at the Power Five level, three star high school recruit. The pressure numbers are a little bit high, but again, he went against really solid competition at Florida. The thing is with this kid is I, I want to say two things about him, and then and then I'll kick it to you. So this first off is a guy that comes in with a lot of experience. He's already developed physically. He's you know he's matured physically, so he's ready to play right now. Now the thing is, Florida fans, and and I say this because I you know I monitor the comment section in our pages. They think he was an average offensive line. They don't think he was very good. And you know what, man? I, I get what you're trying to say here. You watched probably him play more than I did. But the Florida defensive end, and speaking of names, I can't say, so I'm not even going to try. But the Florida <laughs> defensive end, Princely, Unum, whatever you call him, um, mm -hmm. who, who also transferred out of Florida, he came out on social media and said, you guys need to quit trashing this kid. He was the best Florida offensive line that we had last year. So if if the guy who goes against him in practice thinks he was the most consistent and the best offensive lineman that you That's had right. on, on the roster, then I'm going to take that over over the judgment of some, of some Twitter folks um, as yeah. well. So now the other point that I did want to make, and we actually uh, brought this up on a show that I was on last night that I, I learned that I didn't know before this was he did say – in his uh, commitment interview that he can also play center. And that's mm. huge because right now you pretty much have Maurice Smith. You have that's Darius it. Washington yeah. who has played center, but he is not a center. So this could, you know, they tried Casey Roddick out there last year, just really didn't work out. Um, now, I fully expect Maurice to hold the spot down. I think he is yeah. definitely your starter at center. But now you get a guy who can play center to have that talent to death because that, that really is the one position on this offensive line where you've seen once they get past the starter, right. it gets a little sketchy. I think it was right. what the LSU game in 22 where they had a walk-on, yep. yep. uh, end up playing a couple snaps when Maurice got hurt. So like, if nothing else, you get quality depth, a guy who can be that sixth, seventh guy for you. He can also play center. So I think at the end of the day, man, again, Depth in the trenches are what wins you championships, and yep. so to me, give me all you can, all you can bring in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. You you saw that this year, and I will say this, and I love Maurice. I love Reese. I mean, he's a battle-tested player. You want him out there with you, you know, to start it or not. But I will say is that what you did see though a little bit from Maurice is that he he went when they attacked the a gap. So basically him, right? The two sides of him is they're called the a gaps for a center. When they attacked that, he was slower and this was probably had to do with injuries. So maybe he gets better as he heals up, but you saw there was a slower step to him. There were certain uh, plays when they would run counter, which is basically the pulling of the guard and the tackle uh, where he was supposed to take the backside player that was coming and he was slow to get to it again. This could have been injury, so I want to make sure we we give him the benefit of the doubt. But to have two players now, 
right. besides Maurice Smith and Darius Washington, Swiss Army Knife, and Richie Leonard, who can play center. Now you're not so strapped at options. You're not bringing in a freshman. You're not bringing in a walk-on right. to try to play center. You actually have the ability to develop these other two guys just in case Maurice isn't the guy or gets injured, you now have that depth piece to be able to do that and the offense not take a step back because you saw that when they trotted Casey Roddick out there, the offense took a little step back. When they put Darius Washington in there, though he was he was capable enough, it still wasn't the same because then you took Darius Washington out of another position that he's probably more valuable at. Exactly. You're, you're having to just, you know, as the saying goes, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And then That's you right. also have a guy who, man, I mean, Maury Smith, I would just want to say on top of Darius Washington is an absolute warrior. I yes, mean, they played so through so many injuries last year. There, there was rumblings that like, I mean, he could barely walk on the field yeah. in the ACC championship game. So now you at least have where say you play, you know, say you get a, a lesser team. I don't even think right. they play Wake this year. But, like, say you, you get a, a, a team where you're like Memphis, and, and if he's a little banged up, you can right. give him the game off That's now because right. you, you have right. a viable option. So that is important. And the last transfer we'll get to here, this was actually a position at, at running back. I wasn't sure that they were even going to take somebody. I thought that, you know, you kind of liked what you had. You already had a relatively deep room. But I'm not going to complain about the addition because this is a guy that I, I also like here. Now, Roydell Williams comes Oof. in as a four-star transfer, the number seven running back in the portal keep in mind i mean you're again you're a top 10 transfer in the portal at running back and you you only put up 560 yards mm -hmm. so that just tells you that there is the talent there now i know some people have came out here and said that you know okay he was like the number three back in, in a down room for alabama at the running back position that's fine you know again each back that comes into this room has a different ability, a different skill set that that I think you can play off of. And, and I think he does provide you something different in the room. I still think Lawrence Tofilly is going to be your day one starter. Yeah. I think Kazai Holmes is going to be right there as, as your number two or three. But he gives you a little bit of a change of pace here. Yeah. So four-star coming out of high school. He was still 116th nationally, number 10 running back uh, in the 2020 class, 5'10", 215, a little bit of that bigger body back. Yeah. Um, like I said, in 2023, 111 carries, 560 yards, five yards carry. That's a good number. I love to see five yards or above. Uh, five touchdowns on the ground. 11 receptions, 58 yards out of the backfield, 5.3 yards per catch and one touchdown. So, again, I mean, like the the numbers don't blow you off the page. But when you go watch and, – and I first will say he does have one year of eligibility. So, so the reason – Right. The reason I mentioned that is because I thought originally your power back, you, you're fine rolling with Cam Davis. Right. Extremely talented freshman. But if you can get him one year of development, because yes. people, a lot of people forget Cam Davis played quarterback in high school. So That's he's right. got some intricacies of the position, blocking and things like that to learn. Yep. Whereas you have a guy who's already been developed at Alabama who can right. come in and, and kind of just give him that bridge to, to get developed. But when I watched the tape on this guy, and I actually put out a, a little YouTube short, if you want to go check it out on some cutups um, of some highlights that I found impressive of him, it's the patience, the yep. vision, the balance, and the power that stand yep. out to me. This guy is almost like... If you could, if you could combine Trayshawn Ward and Trey Benson, I think this is who you. This is kind of what you come out with. Now, yes. I will, I will admit, he's not the fastest guy. Like no. when you when you see him on film, he gets run down a lot. So like he he's not a real top end breakaway guy. If he gets in open space, eh, he may not um, break away there. But man, there's a couple of plays. I'm telling you, go watch that. Go watch that video that I posted on our YouTube channel. 
where there's one where he just runs into a crowd of like six defenders and you're Man. like, Oh, well, that's it. That's three that's yard it. game. Boom. Comes right out of the other side and scores a touchdown. I mean, this dude is hard to bring down and yeah. you can see on, on in that cut up, there's a, a, a replay where he's playing against LSU and he scores a touchdown and they give him the ball at the backfield. And you could just see the patience. He waits for the blocks to set up and then he has the vision to find the hole and get in there for a touchdown. So he's got, like I said, a lot of patience, a lot of power, is something that I really like about this kid. And the one thing to me also that really stands out here is in 111 rushes last year at Alabama, zero fumbles. So <laughs> I will take that all day long. All day. All, right. So ball security first. And then you see, you know, I, I actually thought he didn't really do a whole lot out of the backfield receiving wise. But then when you go back and watch some of the highlights, he does pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield and turning it into something. So this is a yeah. player that... You know, again, the numbers may not pop off the page, but he's, you know, he's not their lead back. He's not probably going to be the lead back here. We've seen Florida State's been running back by committee for the past two years. I think he just, they take that same approach this year with all the different talent and skill sets that you have. But man, I, I think this gives you that power back that you've been lacking. Yeah. No, or at absolutely. least you don't have to turn to a freshman. Well, like I think you've seen over the last, uh, since Mike Norvell and them have been here, is that he likes to have, a, a plethora of running backs that are, do different things. He doesn't want the same back that can do ev that can do the same thing. He wants a power back. He wants a speed back. He wants a Swiss Army knife back, right? And so when I look at Tofili, Tofili can do it all. He can do different things. He can run the wildcat for you. He can he can catch balls out of the backfield for you. He can run between the tackles for you, right? Then you got Kaziah Holmes, who's speed and and has bulkiness. You got Cam Davis. Yes, he's big. And I, I absolutely agree with you, man. If he could have a year where he's just learning this offense, you get him in there for those games where you're blowing teams out to get him some experience. But really, he's spending a lot of time learning. Then you have Rodell Williams who comes in and can can maybe not pull away speed wise, but it's going to get you get you those tough yards that you struggled even with Trey right. Benson yep. to yep. get last year. Those one to two yards, those third downs, those fourth downs where you're putting in Trey Benson, but Trey Benson, but because Trey was trying to dance his way to a first down, but this guy's going to hit the hole for you. He's going to be patient. He's going to do all that. And so I like this addition. I was really excited about this addition because I think he now completes that three back set that Novell likes to have where he can just do different things with all these different backs. And then, of course, you got DJU back there. Man, my right. goodness. Right. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think he just gives you that aspect in the back field that you were missing yep and so i didn't think they were going to take a running back initially but I, again like you said i'm not mad at all i mean you no. got a guy who has a different skill set for you and again i was like you took the words right out of mouth because i was going to mention it right after you were right. done was like imagine it's you know third and three and you got the option of six four 252 pound dju back there right or Roydell Williams, 5'10", 215 power back. Like that, that could be a deadly combination. Right. You know, if you want to run like some option or something like that. Like, I mean, you got some options to pick up short, right. uh, short yardage. So I think it is definitely rounds out that room. Right. And so, and again, it's it's veteran experienced players. So we know Florida State has a lot of young talent on the roster. Right. Now they're just pairing it up with proven production and experience at certain position groups, right. which I think obviously, again, puts you in the conversation right. for competing for the ACC championship and getting in that 12-team playoff. And, you know, 
I get it, man. This is a conversation that you got to talk a little bit out of both sides of your mouth. Right. You know, when you, when you defend the ACC and also crap on the ACC, we know we don't like the ACC. We also said the ACC wasn't as bad as people perceive it to be when you talk about the playoff picture. But if you have some of these guys that come in and were SEC starters against teams like Georgia, Bama, and things, right. or for Georgia, Bama, and things like that, man, it just you, you got to figure they're going to go off in the Absolutely. ACC against some of these these teams. So um, that's the portal class, guys, and I, it's got me excited. I mean, again, you are a top five portal class. I think you're one of the only uh, programs where you were top ten in both portal and high school recruiting this year so far. So uh, that's excited, and it's just it reloads the roster and it ups that win floor for 2024, where, where you're feeling like Florida State again. Right. What was somewhere probably like that eight and four type of year with a lot of things to replace, maybe a, 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 a redshirt freshman quarterback right. or whatever coming in to now you feel like, I mean, undefeated is hard to do. Yeah. I won't go there well, just yet. Florida's been trying for a hundred and I think 120 <laughs> years, never done it, you know? So, this puts that on the table, at least, I, I think. It is hard. You still got to go to Notre Dame, still get Clemson at home. But, right. you know, I, I think that it definitely puts you in the conversation to be in that level. Now, it's just the experience. I love experience. I love proven production. And, and it's nothing against the young guys on the roster. But to me, that just puts you where you don't have as much of a learning curve. And, and right. these guys are going to get in. They're going to get the work. And, you know, there may be some acclimation. Right. But, you know, as long as you can get by Georgia Tech that first week with, with some of these guys, and, I, and obviously I think you can, uh, you know, then I, I think once you get everybody gelled together, right? man, I, I don't want to say that Florida State's going to be better in 2024 than they were in 2023. But if these guys pan out, because, you know, if you think back to, to 2021, if, if you've been following us for some time, the big narrative that I had in 2021 was, will the potential equal right. the production? Now, you right. have proven production in certain places, you were just kind of hoping the Trey Bensons, the Johnny Wilsons, the the Jared Versus, you were hoping that potential that we saw in them equaled production. And if if some of these or most of these guys can equal that, man, I, I think the sky is, is the limit for Florida State next year. I mean, what is what is Mike Norvell's hit rate on the portal, right? I mean, it has to be a high 75 to 80 percent right. of the players that they've brought in have actually been productive and helped Florida State win games. I mean, there's very few that have come in uh, that have it. I mean, you look at Gil, 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 uh, Gil, Gilbert. Yeah, there's Edmund, only about three. Right? I, Gilbert Edmond, and then you got the, the Cushney kid was the Cushney. That, that was a washout, yes. And then the Jacksonville State safety, uh, that right. was a washout. But really, other than that, there's not. Other than that. I mean, so he's hitting a whole lot. Yeah, he's hitting 75 80 percent so you imagine that if the same holds true because again you're absolutely right it has to hold true those guys are going to be put in prime positions to succeed so if they it holds true and they produce again you know i, I listen i like i said i thought initially going into this year if nothing had changed that this team was a seven and five to eight and four uh ceiling that's what i thought and then you started adding in these pieces and i think that the ceiling now is um, you're looking at probably 10 wins uh, 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 right now. Now, they go into the spring, and then there's another transfer portal season, uh, and, that, and I think it's a shorter window on that one, and then you'll see what they get, and then you'll see fall camp. But right now, I think, man, this looks like a 10-win a team uh, that could do damage, that could definitely win the ACC title again. I think Clemson's going to be your main challenge again this year, and if they can win the ACC, then they're definitely a shoe-in for the playoff because – as you know, it's a 12-team playoff, and all the Power 5 or supposed Power 5 conference champions have an automatic bid into the, the, uh, into the, into the playoffs. So if they can win the ACC, they're in. Um, and so right now, to me, this looks like a potentially a 10-win season. It could get better. It could get worse. We shall see.
Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I I was buying in a little bit more. I, I still think they were about an eight and four team without a lot of the up you know updated uh, transfers here. I think with it, man, you know, you go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's That's a good program. Yeah. You get that, you know, they obviously they add the kid from Duke, uh, Riley Leonard. Not really. I'd probably more worried about Sam Hartman if yeah. he was there another year. Yeah. Uh, but he's been playing high school or uh, college football for 35 years, so it's about time to move on. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think really outside of that, Clemson at home, which, again, Clemson has lost some pieces in the portal and yep. have yet to add one so far. Correct. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then, you know, Miami got a little bit tougher here with with the Cam addition Ward. of Cam Ward. And then Florida, you get them at home this year. I just don't see any reason if you stay healthy. And and like you said, 75 to 80 percent of these players pan out. I don't I don't see a reason why undefeated is not on the table because of a lot to do with the schedule. Now, again, will that happen? It's hard to say. But I right. think in my personal opinion, I'm thinking in the regular season, your, your ceilings around 12 and 0. And I think your your floor is around nine and three. I think anything right. below nine and three, you'd be very disappointed. Uh, just looking at what you were able to bring in, but w we're going to have an episode on twenty four coming up where yeah. I need to look at some of the other teams too, and because right. Virginia Tech should be pretty good, you might have to meet them in the ACC title game, you know, and, and things like. There's some teams that will be better this year, but as we get ready to close this thing out, I just want to give you guys a couple of updates on some high school recruiting here. Uh, four star defensive end Amari Williams has received a crystal ball pick to Florida State. He is part of the 2024 high school class. Now, the thing about Amari is they really like this kid. They really want this kid. I would love to add him to the class. I think he actually bumps you up to like number seven, uh, something like that. If you add him in, the only thing I will say with, with Amari, he did reclassify from 2025 to yep. 2024. So being that you just signed all these guys, I don't think you're going to see much of an impact from him in year one. But again, once some of these guys move on, you, you got, you're building that talented right. high school base. Uh, so that is one to watch there. Five-star wide receiver, as you alluded to early, earlier, Jamie French from Mandarin high school, right. just decommitted from Alabama. Again, you're going to start to see some of the ripple effects of, of what's happened over there. Um, and Florida state's a favorite here. So yep. they are in a really good position to land him. Uh, that would be massive for them. Obviously, most of you probably know that his high school quarterback, Trammell Jones, is your 2025 quarterback. So if you yes. can get both of them coming out of Mandarin, get that Mandarin connection open, and you can get both of them, you know, like you said, Mike Norvell, in the midst of all the chaos, while we're all panicking, he's over there recruiting, uh, uh, you That's know, right. his his future at uh, the quarterback and receiver <laughs> position. So that would be massive if they could flip him as well. I guess it's not a flip if he's decommitted now, but uh, then the last name I have for you here, all signs right now are pointing to Florida State adding four-star quarterback Trevor Jackson, who recently uh, was committed to Ole Miss, and they're looking at adding him as a PWO. So yep. again, yep. like we mentioned earlier, there are NIL opportunities where you can basically, you can be a PWO on, you know, I don't know, like whatever you want to call it, the proverbial scholarship, if you want to think about <laughs> it like that. Uh, but he did win the rail shot challenge at the elite yep. 11. He was committed again to Ole Miss, who is, you know, Lane has, has a pretty good record with quarterbacks yep. there. Um, and man, I mean, if you're talking about adding a four star as a PWO quarterback, like it just tells you where, you know, Willie didn't sign a high school quarterback in, in either of his years here. That's now right. You're, now you're potentially adding a four star as a PWO, man. It just tells you. <sighs> 
from where we were at to where we are are coming, you know, from where we're coming from to where we're at now. So those are three high school names to keep your uh, eye on there. Uh, like I said, Amari Williams is 24. Trevor Jackson is 24. And then Jamie French is 25. But man, that would be huge because I think you, I'm pretty sure that the O-lineman you have is the number one O-lineman in the 25 class. Yep. Uh, now you would be getting a five-star receiver in that class. And you also have the quarterback there, Trammell Jones as well. So man, it's, Obviously, I don't want to get too excited about guys that are year out because we know, you know, we know how that goes. Uh, but these are three names you can be really excited about. Well, also too, just uh, just just popped up on Twitter is Zion Grady, who's a five-star Alabama commit, He's visiting Florida State this weekend. So Bama Knowles, I mean, it's it's becoming a real thing. <laughs> the, the pipeline is open, man. So it's yeah, it, it's definitely it's exciting, man, and it's funny, and that's what we you know we've talked about before, where like in the coaching situation where yep. people act like they're going to come in and not miss a step at Alabama, but that's the right. thing is, now that you got the coaching hire, you're going to start to see some of that talent could start leaking, some of the the commitments could start flipping. And so there's no guarantee that they're not going to miss a step, but everybody yeah. that you can that you can take advantage of from that situation because you have the continuity that maybe they don't. I think it's right. it's a, it's definitely something that you want to jump on, and and well, they are wasting no time. Right, and that's why it's so important. I'm gonna tell you, I can't stress enough. Um, and you should go if you're if you're a Noel fan out there, you should go read some of the articles that these national media uh people did behind the scenes to to about the mike norvell alabama situation it was so important because look at what's happening with alabama they went out and got a i mean let's call it what it is a rock star of coach i mean the guy has won everywhere he has been and alabama is bleeding right now right. in some ways they're bleeding and right. so you did not want that to happen at florida state you right. did not want that to happen at florida state because unlike Alabama that can sustain some of this bleeding Florida State could not we did not right. have the depth just yet to sustain what would have happened if Mike Norvell had left right and so now you feel great about you've locked your coach down right you're gonna start nabbing some of these high school recruits that are that are becoming available these really talented ones and then you're also loading up in the portal I mean this That's is right. four Alabama players so far five if you get the linebacker you know and again I, I get what people say scraps or not right I mean these are these are like these are like prime rib scraps. That's you know right. what I mean? That's these right. are not like these are not like hot dogs. These ain't That's the red right. hot dogs of the portal. This is the prime rib of the portal. So you're you're going out and you're getting these really talented pieces. So yeah, man, I, I'm excited. It's got me excited for 2024 and beyond, knowing yep. that they're they're building kind of you know they're building out of both buckets: the high That's school right. bucket, the transfer right. bucket, and, and you got the coaching to go along with it. So. That is Florida State's class in a whole as far as the portal goes as of January the 15th. Obviously, we know they're going to be looking to add some more pieces. Hopefully, that linebacker uh, goes ahead and drops a commitment soon. So be on the lookout for that as well. But we just wanted to get you guys up to speed. I know the portal, sometimes it moves so fast and you have guys in and out and all this stuff that we just kind of wanted to, to kind of really round out the whole class and kind of let you know what we're getting for 2024. So hopefully, it gets you guys as excited as we are. If you've watched this long, I would appreciate if you guys would like and subscribe and share. We just crossed a thousand subscribers on the channel. So we appreciate you guys support in getting us there. I'm super excited about that. And we will keep you guys informed as the news breaks. But until then, check out Alumni Hall FSU, where you can load up on some quality FSU gear. Use code SPEAR to get 10% off. Thank you so much for supporting those that support us. And we will be with you guys. Catch you in the next episode. So as always, thanks for tuning in and go Noles. Go Noles. Thank you.